Yes, your anticipation has been wanting, but now it's time once again for the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. That's right, folks. It's been a while, but guess what? I'm back. They trap you by the bridges and haul you way up high. Then higher and 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 higher. Well, folks, it's been a while, but we're finally back on air for the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. For those of you that have kept following us on Facebook for the last couple years, I just wanted to say thank you. I know it's been a while since we've been back on air, and we've kind of made some changes to the show since then. We've had a lot of time to think about where we wanted to go with the show, and I think you're going to like it. You know, one of the things we see throughout all of the social media and those people that are putting things on YouTube is a lot of shows are trying their best to become exactly that. They're all trying to become the next ghost hunter or they're trying to become the next ghost adventure. And because they're doing it that way, they're not really getting into the meat of the subject. So basically they're in it for the money or to become a star. But life after death investigation should hold a totally different standard and not a lot of attempts just to become a network star. So that's basically where we want to take this show. We want to get to the meat of the subject and kind of find out if there is life after death. And if there is, how do we prove it? So in the next coming months and years, hopefully, we're going to go through this subject over and over again until we get it right. And I hope you join us because it's going to be a good ride. So I guess the best place to start when you're doing this subject is to start at the beginning. And I think to begin, we have to start at life itself. How you perceive life and believe in life kind of sets the tone for how you investigate paranormal activity. Because let's face it, if when you die, you really believe nothing happens and you just go into non-existence, investigating paranormal activity might not be in your wheelhouse. Now, this subject may bring a lot of controversy to it because there's a lot of debate right now as to when life actually begins. Does life begin at conception? Does it begin when the heart starts beating? Does it begin when the person is actually born out of the womb? It seems like most people have a different opinion on the matter. My personal opinion is that life begins at conception. And I'm not here to argue or disagree with what your thoughts are on this subject if you feel differently. What matters here is that life is life. And if it has no meaning and it has no existence after death, there's no reason for this show or to investigate paranormal activity. So let me give you my personal opinion on why I believe that life starts at conception. And I think it's the same reason that I believe that life continues on after death. At conception, something happened scientifically. There has been a picture taken of the point of conception when an egg actually meets the sperm. What this picture revealed is there is an energy surge of some kind when the two materials meet and that's what creates a baby. It's actually a big explosion to uh, explain it any other way. And when we die, the best way that people explain it is the energy within our bodies are released into the world and that's where ghosts come from. So it only makes common sense to me that if when we die an energy is released out into the world that takes on a form or a ghost for better explanation that same energy when it enters into a female body is life itself beginning 
That is life. So if life begins by that energy surge and then we were born and the life of paranormal begins after we die because that same energy leaves our bodies upon death, how can we not say that life begins at conception? And let's face it, the bodies that we have right now isn't really the life that lives in this world. It is the energy and the soul to make it any other explanation that's what lives that's what moves our bodies that's what gives us our ability to do what we do we tell our bodies what to do the body is nothing but a big meat machine is the best way to say it it decays at death but what's inside of us is what continues to live the same thing we were born with the energy that created us is what we die with that same energy goes back out into the universe and whatever happens at that point well, that's what we're here to find out. You see, it's my firm belief that when we are born, we are in an infant stage, just like a baby is. But as we grow, as we leave the womb, as we learn things here on the earth, it's not our bodies that's learning these things. It's our existence that is learning these things. So that when we move on to another realm of existence, we've matured enough or we know enough or we've evolved. For some of you people, that may be a bad word, but we're gonna say evolved. We evolved mentally and emotionally to a stage that we're able to survive in the next frame of life. Now, I want to stay on the subject of the human body just a little bit longer because I think you really need to understand that it's not the human body that is life. It's what's within the body. The body is something that just stores what life really is. And just for fun to bring some kind of understanding of the subject. While we explain this, really think about how much the human body is like a computer. One is organic, the other is not, but it serves the same function. But the computer is not self-learning. Some outside force has to put in the information into the computer so that it can remember what to do and what facts to bring back to you 10 or 15 years later when you ask it. In the case of our bodies, I think our bodies are best described as a computer cocoon because it holds our essence in and we evolve and we grow as we're inside of it. But the things that we learn are stored in our body to help us later so that when our time is to go, we can take that information with us. Even outside forces have to teach the human body what to learn and not learn. Let me give you an example of that. If you smoke, did you just one day pick up a cigarette and start smoking, or did you see someone else smoke that gave you a thought of, hey, I wonder if I'd like to smoke? Or drink, if you drink alcohol, did you just pick up a can of alcohol and start drinking? Or did you see somebody else do it or somebody else showed it to you in order for you to take it and try it? You see, everything we do in life, no matter what it is, somebody else taught us how to do it or we wouldn't be able to do it. That is storing information to use later. And that's what a computer does. And you have to remember, our soul is made up of energy. Our body is not. The human body is approximately 99% comprised of just six elements. Those are oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, calcium, and phosphorus. There's another five elements that make up less than 1% of the remaining mass, and that's sulfur, potassium, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. These 11 elements make up the human body. And when we die, the earth takes these elements back. We decay back into the earth. But what happens to that energy within us? 
what happens to the energy that exploded, that gave us the life when we're in our mother's bodies? The law of conservation of energy states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only converted from one form of energy to another. That means that when our energy from our body leaves our body upon death, it is created into another form of energy or is converted for scientific terms into something else. So if our consciousness is energy and upon death our consciousness, the soul that some people call it, if when it leaves our body as energy it is converted into another form of energy, maybe life in a different way of thinking, that, my friends, is where we have supernatural in ghosts. Because it may not be really supernatural. It just may be natural. But we don't have the scientific advancement or the knowledge to know any different. And that's where we come in, paranormal investigators, or ghost hunters as they call me. The scientific world sometimes and sometimes not investigates what happens to us when we die. In most cases, they look at it as a fictional event. Even though by their own science they tell us that energy does not die, they still feel that when we die, when our energy is released, it's just released. It holds no value whatsoever. Is that true? Is that not true? It's up to us to find out. Every religious sect in this world believes that when you die, your spirit or your energy leaves your body and goes into another realm of existence. Scientists and some people just throw that out the window. They say that's not possible. When you die, nothing happens. How do we know? Can they say that for certain? Do they know beyond all scientific doubt that nothing happens? The answer is no. They don't have a clue, and neither do we. If we keep trying to be television stars and have our own show and do funny things, yell at ghosts, and, or act like the Three Stooges when something goes bump in the night during our investigation, it doesn't help anybody. Imagine, just imagine how many people in this world we could help if we come together as true investigators and bring solid evidence to people that there is life after death. Imagine if somebody you know has lost a loved one and you could honestly say to them, it's okay, it's okay, they're not dead, they've just moved on to a better life. How do you think that would make them feel? And how much hope would that bring to the world to know that this is not the end? Okay, folks, we need to pause right now and hear a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back with part two of the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. Hi, I'm the Solar Guy with Mystic Energy Services. We are a mom and pop company, but we also provide our services nationwide to homeowners and businesses. Where we come from, we care about the environment. Installing and maintaining the best solar equipment for your specific needs is what we do. Our products come with a 25-year equipment warranty, a 30-year production warranty, and a 5-year maintenance warranty at no cost to you. We do solar the right way. Schedule a consultation today. The Solar Guy from Beaver Dam, Kentucky. Folks, that's the Solar Guy of Beaver Dam, Kentucky. If you ever need solar, they're the people to get a hold of. You can call them anytime you want to at 270-775-6050. That's 270-775-6050. They cover the whole United States. And the company is a proud, proud sponsor of this show. So please give them a call if you need solar. 270-775-6050. Just kind of a heads up, when we first started planning to come back with this show, we were planning on releasing it on October 31st, which is Halloween, of course. And what happened was I actually lost my voice. So part of the segments from the show, at the first part of the show anyway, uh, they were done with some editing and a lot of slow procedures, a lot of sucking on cough drops, 
And of course, uh, cups of coffee that I had to keep my throat from burning really bad while I was doing talking. But now we're at part two. I hope I explained uh, to a point that you can understand where I was coming from as far as how the energy that is inside of us has to be released in order for there to be paranormal activity without that energy or without that change of the energy that's inside of us. It's not the human body that becomes the ghost or the spirit after we pass on. It's the energy inside of us. It's got to change into something else. And actually science itself backs me up on that. Energy will change into something else. It can never disappear. The spirits. So in part two, we're going to continue on with a little bit different subject, but it kind of comes in with the same thing we were talking about. And that's religion. And the reason we're going to do religion, because religion is a big part of paranormal. And I'm not going to sit here and say one religion's better than the other religion, nor am I going to advocate for any certain religion during this discussion. But we all know that in paranormal research, the word demon comes up or possession comes up. And is a religious aspect that we use to get rid of those demons out of a possessed body or piece of object or something like that. So religion is a very big part of what we do as paranormal researchers. And there is also people out there in the paranormal world that do not believe in religion. Some feel that we just don't understand death yet. It has nothing to do with religion. And if you look into the world of science for a definition of religion, they don't really believe in it at all. Sigmund Freud himself described religion as a form of wishful thinking. On the flip side, there's an organization called Pew Research Center, which found out that 84% of the world's population has some type of religious belief. So let's dive into religion a little bit as our second part of our subject matter for the show and see what you think by the time we're done. Religion? No religion? Or we just don't know? So I think we need to start out by giving a definition of what religion is so we have an understanding because it just doesn't mean Christianity. It doesn't mean Judaism. Religion has a specific definition. I've looked through some of the sites to kind of get an idea what other people's definition of religion is, and I like the definition given by VeryWellMind.com. They explain religion like this. Religion often involves cultural beliefs, worldviews, texts, prophecies, revelations, and morals that have spiritual meaning to members of the particular faith, and it can encompass a range of practices, including sermons, rituals, prayer, meditation, holy places, symbols, trance, and feasts. So religion doesn't just pertain to one particular belief. It encompasses all the beliefs of all the people throughout the world. And in some cases, the religion doesn't even believe in a God at all. So here's a big surprise. Even though you may claim to be the true religion, there's a lot of people out there that's not going to accept what you accept as true religion. It's just not going to. Religion is not anchored to Christianity. It's not anchored to Muslims. It's not anchored to Jews. It's not anchored to Wiccans. It's not anchored to anybody. Religion is a person's personal belief and faith about what happens while we are alive and what happens after we pass away. But there's one thing all religions have in common. They all believe something does happen once we die. Even science has some type of belief what happens to our energy, even though it believes our energy is nothing more than just energy that leaves our body. According to Futurism.com, after we die, our energy is simply redispersed elsewhere. But something does happen to the energy when we die. All religions believe that. 
ezinesarticles.com also says this. When we die, we lose three-fourths of an ounce of weight for no reason whatsoever. It just disappears. Remember, energy cannot exist without matter. So we can conclude that the soul takes with it the electrical energy of the body and has a weight of three-fourths of an ounce. So religion does believe, all aspects of religion believes, that something happens to the energy of our body once we pass away. So from a religious aspect, or what we believe and have faith in, is it possible for the energy that's inside of our bodies once we die to be released, to turn into something else and become a sentient being itself? I think before we answer that, we need to know what a sentient being is. Now I'm going to use the definition of sentient from sentientmedia.org. Specifically, the comment made in an article by Donald L. Broom, who's a professor of animal welfare at Cambridge University. He says, a sentient being is able to evaluate the actions of others in relation to itself and third parties, to remember some of its own actions and their consequences, and to assess risks and benefits, to have some feelings and to have some degree of awareness. So now the question is, is energy capable of doing those things? To kind of answer this, I'm going to use an example from Stephen Hawking himself. Stephen Hawking had a belief that everything is energy. That means the ability to evaluate the actions of others in relation to itself and third parties is a form of energy to be able to do that. To remember your own actions and their consequences is a form of energy. To assess risk and benefits, a form of energy. To have feelings like love and to have some degree of awareness all comes from energy. So what happens if while we're alive, the energy in ourself trains itself to be able to feel those things, to understand those things? And then when we pass on, that energy leaves our bodies and has evolved into a sentient being. Did you know that certain types of energy can absorb other types of energy? Become one? So what if love could absorb hate and become one? What if love and hate together could absorb feelings and become one? What if those could absorb memories and become one? What happens if when we die, all the energy in us combines into another form of energy and leaves our body as a sentient being? What happens if all the energy in us absorbs all the other energy? Just think about it. And that even goes straight into possession. Think of it this way. If one energy can absorb another energy, what would happen if a stronger energy would enter into a weaker body with a weaker energy and try to absorb that energy as well? Would it have the ability to take over the body? And what would be the result of different energies coming together as one energy that doesn't belong with the energy of another and it tried to absorb it or take it over? What would happen to the mentality of the person? What would happen to their frame of mind? I think it would look just like a possession does. And this might also answer the question of why, if I'm right and this is possession, it's just energy trying to enter a body and take over another form of energy or absorb it, why different religions or different beliefs are able to remove bad spirits from possessed people. You've got to remember that not everybody believes in God, but there's a large group of people that can form exorcisms and be very successful at it. So what really happens when somebody removes a spirit or an energy form from another person? Did you know it's also a scientific fact that when you're near somebody, you can actually absorb energy from that person? 
So is it prayer that helps the person that's possessed? Is it the incense that helps the person possessed? Is it the incantations? Is it the jumping up and down? Is it the laying of hands on a person? Or is it that our energy is combining with the other person's energy and forcing the unwanted energy away from the person that's possessed? You have to remember again, everything is energy. Love is energy. Hate is energy. Your feelings, your emotions all cause a form of energy. And something else that is energy is your beliefs. Your beliefs are a form of energy. And maybe when you strongly believe in something, your energy that is brought forth from that belief is more powerful than other energy that you have in you. So then the unwanted energy that's trying to take over a person's body, if it is then attacked or the person that's being possessed and your own energy becomes part of itself, is it able to force the bad energy away from the person that's being possessed? Now, I'm just trying to give you something to think about right now, and we will go over possessions as the shows go on down the road to a much greater extent. But this whole subject matter between being born, the energy that's taken to make us born, and then when we die, our energy leaves our body, it conforms into something else. We've kind of made the argument that it could become a sentient being if everything is absorbed because one energy does absorb the other one, and that's what leaves our body. And we went into possession. And I did that so we understand that it may not be the spiritual tools that we have that causes a spirit to leave a possessed body. It may be our own energy and the belief system that we have. And that belief system, as I said, is a form of energy. But that belief system is so powerful that it combines with the energy of the person being attacked and forces the unwanted energy or the unwanted spirit away. Now, I just wanted to give you a story of my own experience to kind of bring this all into perspective. I made a trip one time to West Virginia, and I was going to an abandoned prison there, and we were doing a tour of the grounds, and we came to a section of the prison where it seemed that the inmates back from the Civil War era stayed at, and those inmates were the ones that actually built the prison. While I was standing there, something just affected me that I couldn't even understand. I felt tingly all inside of me. I started to sweat. I started to, actually, I, I started to feel sick. I started to get very, very weak, and I could feel energy leaving my body. It felt like my energy was being drained while I was standing there. So we walked back into the main pavilion, I sat down and the lady with me who was a registered nurse at the time, she sat down with me as well and she said, I think you might be having a heart attack. There's no way I was having a heart attack, but it just, I had the symptoms of sweatiness when it was cold. I could feel that something was trying to enter my body and I believe it was absorbing my energy. Now, I don't know if that is a form of possession or something was trying to get into me, but just as soon as I left the pavilion, it went away just as, as soon as it started. Now, I've had tests since then, and I have no indication of ever having a heart attack or even attempting to have a heart attack or a stroke or anything like that. But I truly believe that when I was in that prison, I had an unknown energy source that tried to enter my body and take me over. 
It tried to absorb my energy or combine with my energy, and my body fought it off. I don't know why I was able to fight it off. Maybe my energy was stronger than its energy. But I tell you from experience, I really believe that's what happened to me. I really think that if a lot of people out there would think about things and think about what happens in certain situations, or if you are a paranormal investigator and you've experienced what I just explained, everything we've said in episode one of the Kentucky Ghost Hunter show now makes total sense to you. And we're almost at the end of the show. We wanted to keep the first show kind of uh, short but sweet, and I think it was a good process. But I want to say something before we close the show out. I talked about religion a little bit and explained that religion is the person's beliefs. And I want to make it very clear that if you have a belief in Jehovah, if you have a belief in uh, Buddha, if you have a belief in anything at all, I'm not saying that's the wrong belief. That's not what this show is about. What it's about is your belief is so strong that it becomes a form of energy and you're able to use it for good. And when you pass on from this world, it combines with your other energy and it enters out into the world. Now, where it goes from there, if spirits stay on the earth, if they just dwell through the universe, they go to heaven, they go to hell. We're going to discuss that at a different time. But right now, what we were discussing today was just the relevance of how our belief system our emotions, our experiences, the feelings of good, the feelings of bad, all of it can become in form of energy and that can combine and leave our body. And that, folks, is where we have ghosts. So I hope you've enjoyed our first show of our new season and I hope you continue to come back for more. I'm hoping that it's a very philosophical show and it makes you think and we get down to the root of paranormal investigation and what it means to be the person that investigates the paranormal and how we should go about doing it in the long run. And until episode two comes up, don't forget to visit KentuckyGhostHunter.com. That's KentuckyGhostHunter.com, which of course is our official website page where you'll find this show and others coming up. And then move over to our Facebook pages, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter and the other page, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Group. Here you're going to find other paranormal investigators from around the world that have come together to tell stories, ask questions, and show their pictures of what they're doing during their investigations and what they're finding. Our Facebook pages are where we're also going to put our newest shows on so you can click the link and listen to them before it hits our website. Now for those of you that have followed me through the years, you know our old shows used to be on a weekly basis, usually on Thursday night. I can't promise you that at this time because we're doing a little bit differently with this show and we're going to have more meat in the show than what we usually do. We're going to take our time, and we're going to explain things thoroughly, hopefully like we did tonight. So I hope you'll be very, very patient with us, and you'll check our website, and you'll check our Facebook pages for our next episodes. They will be coming monthly, and there may be a couple during the next month, or maybe just one because of the holidays. I'm not quite sure yet. Like I said, we're going to do this a little bit different this year. But for sure, make sure you get on our Facebook pages, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter, and the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Group. And if you don't want to do that, check out our website, KentuckyGhostHunter.com, periodically to see when our new shows are coming out. And again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, The Solar Guy. Now remember, if you need solar energy or you're looking to get some information on it, either commercially or for your home, give them a call. They cover the whole United States, and they're very, very good. Their phone number is 270-775-6050. That's 270-775-6050. 
And until our next show, this is the Kentucky Ghost Hunter hoping you had a fantastic time and maybe opened up your mind a little bit, saying I'll see you next time, and happy hunting.